Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your co <laughs> with your coast with your host Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today we're going to talk about the morning routine to outshine caffeine. Uh, I've shared with you before that I occasionally will do webinars, and I just recently did a webinar on a morning routine that outshines caffeine. So I'm gonna moderate it for this podcast because I thought, wow, a lot of people are really struggling with starting their day without caffeine. I used to be one of those. I used to drink caffeine in the morning. There's a period where I was working two jobs, two full-time jobs, and consuming at least four to five shots of espresso a day in a latte. So, you know, one of those quadruple shot lattes and was still falling asleep behind the wheel. That's how exhausted I was. Uh, I'm so thankful that I no longer have to do that and I do not recommend it. But it was a lesson in that caffeine can only do so much to wake us up. I highly encourage you to look at your sleep. Nothing is better for us waking up in the morning and getting started than a good night's sleep. So if you find that you really, really do need that caffeine to get going, you may want to make sure that you are getting those deep REM cycles. I'm scratching my neck right now. Uh, that you're getting those deep REM cycles. You're, you're, the room is cool. I've done other episodes on how to improve your sleep. So check those out. Um, just type in sleep and, and search and, um, and through the podcast and those will pop up. But we, we, today we're just talking specifically about that space between when we wake up and when we leave for work and how do we show up with, with energy and vitality without the coffee, without the Red Bull, without the five-hour energy drink. And for those of us who are currently struggling with our mental health, like we are in that dark place, it's really valuable to find a way to wean off of the caffeine because one, we know that from the research, caffeine consumption can increase our anxiety and our nervousness. And that's the last thing we want to add on to. If we are already naturally anxious, worried about the future, regretting the past, racing thoughts, ruminating at night. We don't want to add to that, right? I understand that we want to stay awake and stay alert, but we don't want to overtax our nervous system, which you know leads me in a point too. If we are struggling with anxiety, nervousness, suicidal ideations, depression, the last thing we want to do is take something that then is going to interfere with our sleep. Now, what I found is a lot of people say, I can drink caffeine. I don't have a problem with sleep. But then when they get off caffeine, that's when they recognize how much caffeine was actually impacting them. It's hard to tell how much caffeine has an impact on your sleep, on your energy levels, on your mood when you are drinking caffeine. It's almost like today I was baking banana bread. And I, I baked the banana bread because I just wanted the smell of banana bread in the house. 
you know that smell when mama or papa is baking or you walk into a bakery and it's a real bakery where they're always baking and the smells hit you, right? The scents, the aromas. But because I was in the house, I didn't really notice it. Now, had I stepped outside the house, walked around the block, went somewhere else, you know, maybe stuck my head in a garbage can and then came back to the house, I'd have been like, whoa, this place smells amazing. So I couldn't really enjoy it to the full. Now, when my girlfriend walked in, she was like, wow, like her eyes lit up, her mouth started salivating. So same thing with the caffeine. When we're in it, it's hard to recognize that uh, it's having an impact, how much it's uh, uh, disturbing. So what is that morning routine to get us off caffeine? Before I give you about five or six things, we need to understand the mechanism of caffeine. Caffeine, when we drink caffeine, it can help to release dopamine. And dopamine is that reward, not, I'm sorry, not reward, that motivation molecule. Meaning, when we release dopamine, which is already naturally occurring in our bodies, it makes us want to go do things, right? It gets us excited. It, it, it makes us want to, um, you know, write the book, go to work, fire off the email, hug the kids, play with the dog, all those things. Now, what's beautiful is caffeine in and of itself doesn't actually release the dopamine. The, the going to get caffeine, the thought of caffeine, actually releases the dopamine. So when we think about going to Starbucks or Pete's coffee or making the or what the aromas of the coffee will smell like, that in and of itself releases the dopamine. That gets us excited to be like, it's almost like you ever just been hanging out at the house and one of your friends, especially like in high school or college, is like, hey, you want to go get pizza? And immediately the thought of pizza gets you so excited, you jump off the couch, you grab your coat, and you're already out the door, right? Or you're hanging out at the house and someone that you've been waiting to text you or call you calls you, and all of a sudden your eyes light up and you're excited and you're just you're willing, ready, and able to do whatever comes up. Whatever they want to do, yeah, let's do it. But a moment ago, none of that was happening. So notice that the dopamine is released before anything happens. So it's actually released in the anticipation of what is going to happen. The point I'm making there is you don't even need to get the cup of coffee. Just thinking about the fact that you can go get that cup of coffee, that you're going to Starbucks, that releases that dopamine. And then you you are ready to go. Now. You're like, yeah, but the, the caffeine definitely helps. And it does. It does. Because if, if the caffeine wasn't there, if you went to Starbucks and it was closed, we'd be very upset, right? Therein lies the crash. We got the dopamine shooting up, and now we got the cortisol coming in to interfere. So my point is it's about having things in our morning that we are actually looking forward to. That is the caffeine. That releases the same thing. And a lot of times, 
we start our mornings off with jumping out of bed, jumping into the shower, jumping into the car, and then jumping into our work. Who's looking forward to any of that? All that sounds monotonous, boring, laborious, uh, dreadful. Uh, you know, maybe you love your job. Maybe you love your work. Maybe you love your commute. But for a, for a lot of people, um, they need a little something extra. They're not, they're not looking forward to the job that's not paying them enough for the bills that are, um, or the, you know, the, the medical insurance that is not covering their medical bills, right? So, all right, so how do we wake up? All right, I know I've been, I've been rambling on here, but I think it was important to understand that the, the thing that is actually waking us up in the morning is not the coffee. It's the anticipation of the coffee. And so when we create in our minds and we create other routines that we anticipate and look forward to, then we too can release that dopamine. So what's the first thing? Number one is journaling. We can journal to, um, to release dopamine. Journal your, your, what you dreamt about, what your goals are for the day, and what your gratitudes are, and then also what your grievances are. I like to write my grievances, then my gratitudes. Number two, take a shower. Taking a cold shower in the morning wakes you up. Um, I mean, if you take a cold shower and you're, and you're not awake, especially a cold shower with some Beastie Boys playing in the background or some uh, 90s hip-hop, let's go. All you need is that nine-minute, you just need nine minutes of happy music to wake you up, right? And then number three, we can get outside. This is the most important thing, is to get outside, stretch, and work out with others. If you can get outside, work out, and work out with others outside, like those three things, outdoor, exercise, activity with others, boom, you're getting all the getting dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. You're getting all the things. Even if it's going for a walk or a jog or a bike ride or doing some Tai Chi in the park, whatever it is, get outdoors. And then the last thing I'll share with you before I get into the questions, because um, there are a lot of questions after the seminar I didn't get to, and we're going to get to those in a minute. And then the last thing I'll say uh, for those who weren't at the webinar and just want a brief touch up is to uh, play games in the morning. A lot of times we reach for our phone. I say reach for um, you know, your a workbook. I have a cognitive behavioral therapy workbook. You can reach for Sudoku or a crossword puzzle, but play some type of brain game. Anything we can do to activate our brains, whether uh, it's learning a language in the morning or practicing the guitar, any type of skill development, any type of learning something, some incremental learning, whether you practice it for two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, or you just do like three reps of, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever the exercise is, that is releasing dopamine. So pick and choose what works for you on what morning. You don't have to do all those things, but start with one of those things and see which one of those light you up. See which one of those gets you excited. Some mornings I'm excited to take the cold shower. Other mornings it's about practicing the guitar. Uh, some every morning, pretty much every morning, you know, I'm ready to be outside and exercise in some kind of way. So, 
what kind of, and when I say exercise, it doesn't have to be heavy. You remember, you just woke up. I like to wake up and pick up leaves in the backyard. That's my favorite thing to do. We have uh, an avocado tree and an apple tree. And every morning I wake up, they, they're leaves that fall to the ground. And I just go back there and I, I pick them up. It takes me five, ten minutes, but it's just a way to get me outside and gently ease me into my day. So I'm going to share with you questions from the group. There are about 700 people in attendance to this webinar. Uh, so I couldn't get to all their questions afterwards, and now is the opportunity. Here is the first question. I got almost no sleep during my last sleep study, so I don't trust the results, and it cost a fortune. Is there any free sleep study alternative? Great question. I would recommend getting a sleep study done at home. So... When I did the sleep study, I had two options. I could, and this was for sleep apnea, a test for snoring and sleep apnea. You can get it done at the hospital, which I don't recommend because who sleeps in the hospital? It's loud, it's cold, the bed is horrible, there are all these bright lights, there's a one way mirror, and people are just looking at you through the one, you don't know who's on the other side. That feels very law and ordery, right? So, yeah, you're not going to get a great night's sleep, um, your, especially your first. I mean, your first night in bed in most places is not going to be very comfortable, right? So I would recommend getting the sleep test that you can bring home. There are these wires they give you, you attach it to your body, and you can uh, just bring it in the next day, and they can get the results off of that. So that's what I would recommend. I would recommend doing it again, but doing it at home if possible. Uh, second question. For those of us that want to try your suggestions, do you have an easy checklist so we don't forget any steps? So this is a great question. These, the, what I shared at the beginning with the journaling, the exercising, the reading, the med all these different things, these aren't steps. These are tools uh, to help you navigate your way through the morning. So I want you to think about the journaling, the exercising, the, um, you know, being outdoors, the, you know, uh, practicing an incremental skill, the cold shower. Ask yourself, which one of these one things can I start off with? Which one of these one things speaks to my soul? You might be a person who hates to write. Like, Michelle is not really a writer. My girlfriend, not a writer. So I can't imagine she would start off with the journaling. She might start off with the exercise in the morning. She likes to be active. She's all about action. Uh, or she might start off, she loves to learn things. She might start off with maybe taking, a, a, you know, a lesson in the morning or playing some type of game. So it's about what is the easiest way for you in? Because remember, all of these release dopamine so to think that you need to do all of these things um, it's not like you're drinking five different drinks to get your dopamine you're drinking caffeine to get your dopamine right you're not drinking caffeine red bull uh, doing some type of uh, stimulant and I mean you might be I hope not but 
<laughs> but just like you're not drinking five different caffeinated drinks, you don't need to do all five different um, or, you know, different uh, 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 strategies or tactics to wake yourself up in, in the morning. Pick one tool that works for you and just see how you feel about it. See if it works. See if there's a difference. You know, because it, it would, if you incorporate all of them at once, it'll be hard for you to determine which one is really working for you and which one you don't need. What we don't want to do is overdose ourselves with caffeine, right? Um, I can't imagine, only in YouTube videos do I see somebody journaling, working out outside with others, uh, taking a cold shower, listening to music, and, you know, practicing a skill. And, you know, like they have these, it's all curated. But I can't imagine their life is like that every single morning. So find what works for you and slowly build your own practice. Uh are you on Instagram or other social media? Yes, I am. I'm on uh, Instagram at LeoFlowers2000. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't, I don't really do anything on Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm definitely on YouTube at LeoFlowers. So check me out on YouTube. I have about 1,000 followers on there. And then I have this podcast, uh, which, thank you. I just want to celebrate with you all for a second. We've doubled our downloads since a year ago I and I uh, downloads per month so I want to thank you all for listening and tuning in and supporting and sharing because uh, that's a that's a massive milestone so thank you for that uh, next question so is oh you can go to thrivewithleo.com that's <laughs> how could I forget that go if you go to thrivewithleo.com it links to all my social media uh, next question so is so is one, so wait, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this as is written, so it may not make sense. So is one should not drink one cup of coffee or is it don't indulge in coffee? Okay, great question. So the question is, am I saying don't drink coffee at all or am I saying uh, just have like one cup? My thing is do what works for you. If you're the person who can have a cup of coffee and function throughout the day without the crash and then still be able to get a great night's sleep, you're able to get into those deep REM cycles, then by all means, have the cup of coffee. If you, and especially if you need it or if you enjoy it, not even if you need it. You know, There's so many cultures where coffee is just a part of the culture. So if you enjoy the coffee and is not interfering interfering with your quality of life in any way. It's not interfering with your meds. It's not causing any mood swings. It's not causing you to feel anxious or worried. Um, and it's not uh, causing any inflammation or inter interfering with your workouts or causing muscle cramps or the like. By all means, have it. But if you're a person who is like, ah, I, I think this caffeine is, is causing some kind of issue with me, then you might have to look at it. And in addition, it may not even be the caffeine. It may be how the caffeine was grown. You know, we talk so much about local, organic, yada, yada. And there's a lot of research showing that, you know, co coffee beans have a lot of mold on it. 
depending on where it's coming from. So many people are drinking coffee now. Um, and 6 billion people on the planet, 74% of Americans are drinking it. So there might be some quality issues is all I'm saying. Uh, so it's hard to separate a lot of times uh, what are the effects from the food that we're ingesting or the drink and what are the effects from how it's processed. Um, we just unfortunately won't know unless it's uh, egregious, right? Uh, one cup of coffee. Uh, let's start. Okay. Next question. What are the four G's? Ah, so I think we mentioned this already. Uh, ghost grievances, gratitudes, and goals, right? Um, those are my four G's. And remember the ghosts are your dreams. The grievances are the things that are bothering you that are upsetting you. Um, and the gratitudes are usually the opposite of your grievances. So the four G's, and I, I just realized I didn't really share this in the beginning with the journaling, are the four things that I journal in the morning. And with the grievances and gratitudes, the gratitudes are usually the opposite of my grievances. So if I'm upset because uh, my neighbor's uh, cleaning the, the, you know, uh, mowing the lawn with the leaf blower, cleaning the lawn with the leaf blower, I should just be grateful that I have a neighbor who's taking care of the lawn because I've been by people's homes who do not take care of their lawn. And it looks terrifying and disgusting and there's spider webs and the like. So I can still have a grievance in terms of the noise and the, and the air pollution and, and have the gratitude that at least they're keeping it clean and keeping a property value in a neighborhood so once again, the four G's are your ghosts, which are your dreams, you know, writing down what happened in a dream, your interpretation of the dream, what do you think they're trying to tell you, notice any patterns, and then what are your grievances, what are your gratitudes, and then what are your goals, big or small? You know, your, your goal could be to tie your shoelaces today. There no, there's no such thing as a, as a small goal, right? Um. Next question, how long do you suggest journaling and how long for the sunlight? So it's all about how much time do you have? You know, do you have time to freestyle write three yellow pad pages or do you only have a few minutes because the, the kids are going to be up in a minute? So, you know, if you only have a few minutes, then do a quick, uh, you know, just writing down little dreams or writing down your goals and your grievances and your gratitudes and then be done with it. You could just do grievances and gratitudes. Um, so it's just about the practice. Because remember, our brain remembers that only that we've done a thing. It doesn't really remember how we did it. It doesn't really care how we did it or to what extent. It just registers um, that we did it. And that in and of itself releases dopamine also. That feel good. So, you know, and if you want to go outside... I'd recommend being out there for 20 minutes. That's what I would recommend, getting that 20 minutes of sunlight. But if you can only get two minutes, that's great too, right? Two minutes outdoors, no sunglasses. Get that sunlight. Don't look at the sun. Don't stare at it. But just a couple minutes outdoors, and that's enough. It's enough to, to trigger the melatonin and get you ready for the rest of the day. Uh, next question. 
whole whole foods plant-based diet and walking does the trick i'm not sure what the question was there i don't see a question uh i i would say yes the the cleaner your diet typically the more energy you will have now this does not mean that you have to be whole foods plant-based it just means that it's important to eat what your body um what you feel like is nourishing your body it's not leaving you gassy or bloated or inflamed uh, it's not causing any breakouts uh, it's not uh increasing your muscle soreness after a workout right it's about eating the foods that feed you and I, i'm specific about that because what's healthy for one person may not be healthy for another right um some people can drink green tea, no problem. Other people drink green tea, and they have a million problems. Uh, some people can eat arugula, no problem. Some people are allergic to arugula. So like, my, you know, Michelle, a lot of people eat fish and shrimp and um, shellfish. They have no problems. It's very healthy. But uh, my girlfriend, Michelle, will break out if she had um, some type of shellfish. So it's really about taking stock and being aware of, what works for you and what doesn't work for you and generally speaking yes whole foods plant-based plant-based not meaning vegan plant-based meaning that we're eating enough um you know vegetables um along with meat to to sustain us and and that's going to vary from person to person depending on your activity level if you're a person who is working out more you might want to increase your protein intake. You might want to consume more fish or more red meat, especially if you're a person who has anemia. So th there are uh, uh, so many different um, considerations from person to person. That's why it's really important to take your time when you are working with your nutrition. And these 30-day um, or 90-day, that's really not enough time for someone who really hasn't been focused uh, on their nutrition for a while. It may take uh, years to actually clean it up, especially when you're not just talking about the food you're consuming, but the culture that you live in and the lifestyle that you're living. All those things impact how we feed and nourish our bodies. So please have compassion for yourself. Take time. Don't. It's not an overnight thing. Uh, know that it's a journey. Find a way to fall in love with the process. All right. Uh, and then, oh, next question is, do I eat processed foods? Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm not a robot. Um, I, I had some Siete chips today. Those are processed. I typically eat whole foods. Um, but occasionally, yeah, I'll grab a chip or uh, something that's been a bit processed. I, I try not to make that my mainstay. You know, I, I love that 80-20 rule, or some people do 95-5. Uh, but whatever works for you. You know, I was 246. Now I'm down about 199. And I got there primarily eating whole foods. I am fortunate that I love to cook. I love to cook. I love to create. I love to get in the kitchen and uh, and make a mess. And I know that for a lot of people, they never learn how to cook. And so they may be, you know, at the at the um, mercy of the, the processed food market. 
Um, I have compassion for you, but that could be something that you could practice learning is how to cook, how to roast, how to bake, how to chop, you know, all these different things. There's so many great YouTube videos where, uh, you know, if you're a person who wants to learn how to cook, don't start with these competition, you know, baking shows or, you know, Top Chef or Chef's Table. Start with breakfast. Start with how do you make an omelet or how do you toast bread or how do you even bake bread? And you'll be surprised at how easy and how quickly one can bake bread and uh, make a very healthy breakfast. Um, next question. If we are cutting out coffee that is a laxative, what do you replace to not end up with constipation? Awesome question. So fiber, high fiber foods. This is where having, uh, there's a book called Brain Energy. And in that book, he talks about the importance of the three things, uh, high protein, uh, fat, and fiber. So high protein, low fat, high fiber, right? And you can have high fat, you know, from time to time. But definitely you want high protein. So for breakfast, I'll give you an example. For breakfast today, I had uh, five eggs with cauliflower and onions. And that was my breakfast. And I was satiated for four hours. And I was satiated because of the high fat content from the five whole eggs. Now, do I have five whole eggs every morning? No, I go through cycles of five whole eggs for about um, a week or two weeks, and then I'll do a week or two weeks of just egg whites. And I'll cycle back and forth just so I'm keeping my cholesterol in check. So really what I want to emphasize here is not about a set it and forget it. It's not about saying, okay, this is what I'm doing and I'm done. It's about finding the patterns finding ways to experiment, uh, doing things in season, you know, whether you like, okay, I'm going to do this for the next three months or I'm going to do this for the next six weeks. It's really about testing and seeing what works for you and what doesn't work for you, right? So high fiber, get in your dark leafy greens, your broccoli, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, cauliflower, I love microgreens. If you don't know what microgreens are, Google that. They uh, and that's all I'll say about that. But they they are just a tinier version of the the greens that we typically eat. And I love microgreens for the look. The, uh, the, I live in San Diego, so I have more access to microgreens. I don't know where you are in the world, but uh, but you know, check out your. Usually, I'll have it at. Um, the, a regular uh, grocery store. Ask them if they have micro greens. Check those out. I love them. Um, next question. What are the words with germs again? So part of the acronym, and this goes back to an earlier question someone asked, was um, what's a quick way to remember the morning routine? And part of what I do sometimes is called the daily germs. Journal, exercise, read, meditate, self-talk. So journaling we talked about, exercising we talked about, reading. Uh, we dis- uh, Well, we didn't really go into reading. The reading is I love to read like uh, daily proverbs from the Bible 
or I'll have another book, The 365 Tao, which is more Zen. I'll read from there. And then there's a author, uh, Robert Greene, who has uh, daily quotes. I'll read out of his book. He wrote 48 Laws of Power. But I just love to read positive, impactful things that will kind of give me a north for my day. And, you know, I don't even subscribe to religion. I just, I would just rather read something like that than to start my day with the news. Because the news can be terrifying. It's, it can be a terrifying way to start your day with the, you know, someone who got shot, there's been a bus crash, the economy is crashing, the gas prices are going up, you know, mortgage rates are exploding, like all these different things. And I'm like, I don't really have control <laughs> over those things. And it just makes me feel powerless. And that is not the way I want to start my morning is feeling powerless, right? I want to feel empowered, energized, enthused, and ready to go. Next question, what do you think of journaling at night versus the morning? I love it. I'm all about journaling at night. As a matter of fact, when I journal at night, I just kind of do a brain dump sometimes where I'm just freestyle writing. And then other times when I journal at night, I will take note of what are the things that I did just objectively. I ate this for breakfast, that for lunch, um, this for dinner. Um, I did these exercises. I went to Costco. I hugged and kissed my girlfriend. I played with the dog. Like, just what did I objectively do? You know, I, I, um, I worked with four clients today. I recorded a podcast. Um, I had a, a meeting for social media. Like, I talked with the ad. Like, what are the things that I objectively did throughout my day? And then at the very end, I'll write, what could I do better? What area, you know, maybe I could have hugged my girlfriend a little longer or, or complimented her on, you know, the outfit that she had on. Um, maybe I could have started a meeting off with a, a bit more, um, with a, with a better question, you know, uh, especially with the podcast interviews, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I should have asked this question instead of that question. Um, maybe I should have gotten someone's number, um, you know, just in a connection. Sometimes, you know, you meet people and you go, all right, let's talk to you later. And you're like, oh, man, I was a cool person. I should have, you know, connected with that person or it got their information. Just what could, I, what did, when I look back, what could I have done better? Maybe I could have apologized better. I, I go back, oh, man. I could have I could have made a better amends with that. Uh, all these different things, or if I post something on social media, or even with the podcast, I go, ah, I should have added that. That could have been better. So it's just cool ways of recognizing that one, we got some stuff done, and two, we can always get better so that our ego doesn't get too carried away with all the cool things we're doing, and it just keeps you in that mind state of of looking for of acknowledging, of patting ourselves on the back, and then also of um, recognizing that there is room for growth. There's a quote that says, the biggest room is the room for growth. Next question, what do you think of journaling? Oh, I said that already. Uh, I so wanted to choose when someone else does exercise, but didn't. I so wanted to. I don't know what that, if you are stopping by. Okay, 
So I, I don't know what that question is, but the next question is, if you are stopping water at 1 or 2 p.m., what if you get thirsty around 8 p.m.? So I shared in a webinar that drinking a lot of water is very helpful to helping us start our day and giving us energy. And I learned that in college. I remember one time I was uh, staying up late for finals, and I drank, I think, a gallon or two. And I found that I had so much energy. I didn't have a crash. When I finally went to sleep, I woke up and I had so much. And even though I didn't get a lot of sleep because I had to be up early, I felt like I had so much energy and I was just excited to start my day. And I was like, wow, water um, really is powerful and um, how it affects our energy. So if we get thirsty around 8 p.m., just take a couple sips, just enough so that your mouth can feel it. Um, at that point, it's not really about hydrating your body. It's more about just having your body feel a bit satiated from the water that's taken in so that we're not waking up in the middle of the night. And then this is where journaling comes in where we go, okay, I need to drink uh, more water before 1 or 2 p.m., right? Uh, so once again, finding, exploring ways to play with it, testing our hypothesis of what time we can stop, how much, and, and you may also find because of your size and your metabolism that you can stop drinking water a little later, maybe four or five o'clock. I know Michelle drinks water right up until bedtime. Now she does get up about two or three times a night, um, but that doesn't seem to bother her. For me, I, that, I, I can't have that. Um, next question, can a lack of enough water cause headaches? Absolutely. If you, I, <laughs> I remember when I hiked the Grand Canyon, and I tried. I, I did it in one day. It was, it was usually people break it up into two days, and I, I did it in July, in the in the middle. So going down, we went down early, but coming back, we came back up in the afternoon. So imagine the Grand Canyon in the afternoon in July. There's no cloud cover. There are no trees. You are just completely exposed to the heat. And I was so dehydrated that even drinking water didn't make me feel better. I thought I was going to collapse right there. I, I really thought I was going to die. But I had muscle spasms, headaches. It just it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. Even I was trying to take in electrolytes, nothing. Not, I, was, I was at... Um, I was in a very critical space. And I remember when I got back, um, you know, earlier I was talking about processed foods. I must have, I think I ordered a double bacon cheeseburger with a milkshake or a Coca-Cola and like sweet potato fries. Like I needed so much salt. <laughs> I needed all the salt, all the, I needed everything. I need all, I needed all the things. And I got to tell you, I slept like a baby that night. I felt so good. Uh, next question. What time do you get up to have time to do all this in the morning <laughs> before work? So I want to go back and reiterate that it's not about doing all the things. It's about doing one to three of these things. If you can do all the things, awesome. If you can do one of the things, that's, that's enough. 
that is enough. I don't, I don't, you know, in our culture, I don't think we talk enough about enough, how, how good enough is, you know, there's such an emphasis on being great or optimal or the best or killing it. And, um, enough, you know, it's just one, if you can do one of these things, it's enough. And if you find that it's not enough, then add another thing, you know, maybe you go, man, that cold shower, that was enough. Uh, if it wasn't enough, then you add the music. Yo, oh man, the cold shower with a little tribe call quest. Boom. Now, now I'm a happy guy. That's all I needed. The old one, two punch, right? Instead of coffee and your sugar, you got tribe call quest in the shower. Boom. Let's go. Uh, what are your thoughts about eating lots of fruit, such as melons, apples, bananas, natural sugar? So yes, fruit is natural. However, it is still sugar. Your body doesn't distinguish between sugar from a soda or sugar from a banana or sugar from uh, a donut. It's, it's, it's all, it all breaks down into sugar. The difference is, is how your body absorbs it. So sugar coming from the fruit is going to be slowly absorbed due to the fiber content of uh, the product and also due to the uh, water content, right? Where like if you eat a donut, there's no fiber in a donut. So that sugar is going to go straight into, I mean, it's almost like uh, getting an IV drip of sugar into your system uh, versus, um, you know, just uh, it's slowly being absorbed. I guess IV drip is slow, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's going straight to the bloodstream. That's what uh, eating sugar is. Versus when we eat uh, fruit, it's going into our stomach and it's uh, being slowly dispersed so we don't get the quick high and, and the quick dip. But if we eat too much fruit, then we're going to overload our system and then still get that same experience with the crash. So if you're going to have fruit, one, if you're diabetic, then do what you have to do to get your your blood levels uh, aligned, right? That's most important. So if you have some type of medical issue, drink the juice if you, you know, drink the OJ, whatever you have to do. But minus a medical issue, then I would reserve the fruit until lunch, but I would really reserve it until dinner. Because if you have the fruit at lunch, it's, well, I should say too much fruit. If you have too much sugar, and only you can determine that. Only your, your genetics, your body, your level of activity can determine what is too much sugar. Um, then you're going to get that, that, that blood. Uh, you're going to get that crash. You're going to get that sugar crash at about 2 or 3 p.m. And you're definitely going to feel it at 4 or 5 when, when you need to drive home from work, right? So that's not safe to be experiencing a blood sugar crash when you're operating uh, you know, a 3,000-pound vehicle. I have no idea how much cars weigh. I'm just <laughs> throwing, throwing numbers out there. So if you're going to have any type of sugar, any type of fruit, I would reserve it for dinner. And even then, I would go with like a complex carb, uh, sweet potatoes, uh, squash, uh, sourdough bread, um, I would go with something more natural. Uh, if you and if you're gonna have sugar, uh, make sure you pair it with uh, like something that's gonna slow it down. Also, like 
uh, yogurt, granola, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, you're, you're trying to slow it down. So like a half, like a half a banana, because but bananas have I think like 34 grams of sugar. That's more than enough sugar uh, to give you that little uh, pick me up that you might be looking for. And then I have that with you know uh, maybe like seven almonds or so. So you have that protein and fat that you're pairing with the sugar. So then you don't get that immediately uh, that 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 blood that insulin spike that would come from if you just had the banana. So if you're gonna have the fruit, I would recommend you have it later in the day. Um, and if you do have it early in the day, I would recommend that you pair it with nuts, something that's uh, protein, fat, and also has fiber, right? There's fiber in almonds that will slow the absorption. And if you're going to go nuts, go raw. Don't go uh, salted because the salt is going to raise your blood pressure and, and, and the oils that are on there also. Uh, last question. Loving this discussion. I have switched to black, cool, or cold coffee drinking. Hot coffee with cream or other adjectives. Is there any science to this or simply psychological? Okay. So this person is saying that they switched to black or cold coffee after drinking hot coffee with cream or other additives for 33 years. And, and, it, and it's helping them to feel better. Is there any science to this? Well, I think the key word here is additives, right? You were drinking uh, hot coffee with cream and other additives. So I don't know what those other additives were. So I'm going to assume that the cream and the additives were causing some type of gut inflammatory issue, right? A lot of people are lactose intolerant. Um, and so now that you're drinking black coffee, so now you're just drinking pure coffee without the additives, that might be the difference. Now, I'd be curious to know how you would be operating without coffee at all as an experiment. And, you know, one of the questions that people ask during the webinar that wasn't asked um, in this email is how long does it take to get off of, you know, because you have the caffeine withdrawals. It takes anywhere from a few days to uh, a couple weeks. And once again, depending on your genetics and the size of your body and how much caffeine you were drinking, that's going to impact uh, duration and intensity. So I hope if, if you get anything from this is to recognize that the uh, looking forward to a thing in the morning, the anticipation of it, the, the looking forward to it, that in and of itself releases dopamine. So the, the, tonight when you go to bed, think about the thing you're looking forward to. If you notice, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, one of the things I started ending the episodes with is the question of what are you looking forward to in the next 24 hours? And the reason why I asked that question because I realized so many people do not actually think about what they're looking forward to in the next 24 hours, unless it's something major. We only think about, you know, our, our friends coming in, we're going to a concert, but on a daily basis, most of us are thinking about, a lot of people, I don't want to say most of us, I don't have the numbers, but a lot of people that I've talked to are just 
worrying about things instead of thinking about what they are actually looking forward to. So I hope that you have something that you are looking forward to in the next 24 hours. And if you've enjoyed this episode, take seven seconds, please, and share it with one other person. And when you share it with them, ask them a question. Say, hey, you know, do you take cold showers in the morning? Or, hey, do you like to journal in the morning or night? Or uh, do you exercise outdoors? Like, ask them a question so that not only are you, because I don't like when people just send me a link to a thing and there's no context. I'm always like, why did you send me this link? Like, what is it that you read in here that made you think about me? Just take, so, you know, take that seven seconds, shoot them the link, shoot them a question or something you're curious, or the reason why you thought they might benefit uh, from this, or, hey, I heard you, you know, the other day say you're struggling with getting off the caffeine. Um, you know, I think there'd be some things in here that'll, that are helpful for you. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.